You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. refers to a person that gives existence to something, causes something to come into to being. God, as author, reveals it throughout scripture in that he creates things. God can take zero and make something out of it. God can take something that's empty and fill it up. God can put a person on his wheel and like a potter make him or her into what pleases him. And we know firsthand that God is an author or creator, especially when it comes to us. Before God put his hand on us, we were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in sin. We were a mess. We, we couldn't even straighten out ourselves. Tried to quit. Tried to have a little resolution every new year. A resolution that said, I'm going to do better. I'm going to change my life. And, and depending on how serious we was, it may have lasted. You may have tried to do it two days, a couple of weeks. Some of us may have even went a whole month without being messy. But it showed as we were a sinner back then, it came out. Whether it was two days later or 30 days later, we started doing exactly what we were sinning. We went back down the road of death. Because the Bible tells us, Romans 6 and 23, the wages of sin is death. But then the potter put his hand on us. Woo, I say he put his hand on us. I like how Paul said it. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. It means God put you on the wheel and started making him. How many can testify your mind different since Christ? Woo, you talk different since Christ. You got a brand new attitude since Christ. You don't look at things negatively the way you used to since Christ. And we can go on and on and on. B. 
because we know point blank that he is creator or author. He knows how to bring things into existence. But, but I just don't want to talk about how wonderful the Lord is in reference to being an author without dealing with bad authors who I refer to as instigators. You know, somebody who causes a whole bunch of foolishness. To the point to where some folk are actually known as bad authors or instigators. You, you, you trouble go on in a particular place and the first thing you know if you're familiar with that place, you'd be like, that had to be so and so that started that stuff. I don't want to embarrass nobody, but some of us in here, we have been known as instigators. Everything be going good until we show up. Everybody be on a card until you put your two, three cents in it. And then I want to just be nosy, but I need you to help me. Just ask somebody, do you know any bad instigators? Don't only cause mess, but then urge on mess. And sometimes you have that in the church. Yeah. You, you have folk that instigate stuff that you know is not of God in the, in the church. I know pastor said we need to tithe, but I ain't convinced about Malachi 3 yet. That's an instigator. That's an instigator right there. That, that's somebody that's trying to start something. You know, I know uh, so-and-so, she over the ministry, but you know, some of the stuff she do, I don't really like. I ain't saying she wrong about doing it, but I just don't. See, you an instigator. And see, the one thing God does not want in his church are folk that instigate foolishness. I like to say dumb stuff. You know, starting stuff that shouldn't even be heard of in the church. Not in God's church. You, You hear about a whole lot of dumb stuff in religious places. Churches, but it should never be in God's church. But you have bad authors. Everything going wonderful, and then all of a sudden, here she comes with, with this mess she done heard on the street. Or she's been YouTubing too much. And start instigate. And some of you who quiet, you, you probably have instigated something recently. You hear me? 
But see, God is not an instigator. No. Not when it comes to bad things. If he instigates or authorizes something, it's going to be according to his word, written or revealed. I, I want to just show you one thing in reference to God being an author that's found in Hebrews 12. I want to consider the first two verses of Hebrews 12. Consider God as uh, an author in the verse, in the verses. Hebrews 12. Ready? First two verses. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And, and how many know we got witnesses in Scripture and outside? Yeah, we got a lot of witnesses here in the, in the church. People that can testify about the goodness of our Lord. But he said, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And if you don't lay aside weight and sin, you will undoubtedly end up being an instigator of foolishness. You agree? Then he says, and let us... Run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now notice what Jesus did as the author and finisher of our faith. He fulfilled his purpose. He was in a hurry about fulfilling his purpose. He took on the cross, got the victory, took on death, got the victory, and then took his place at the right hand of the Father, set down in authority. So he not only ran, but he showed us that he ran to the point to where he fulfilled his, his purpose. Now going back to verse 1, notice as children of God, we are to run in reference to following our author. He fulfilled his purpose, his assignment. And so likewise, if we are true followers of our author, we are going to fulfill our assignment. We're going to do what God has ordained for us to do down here. And, and, we are, and, and we are not going to do it at a slow pace. We're going to run. We're going to carry out his word swiftly. We're, we're, we're not just going to hear it and wait to do it. 
We don't want to do like we used to do as sinners. Only time we thought about God is when trouble happened. No, it's thanks of God when he put it on the table, we're going to eat it and carry it out. Lay aside every weight and sin and start running with what? Endurance. Why are we running like this? Because you got to follow your author. You got to follow the one that's going to help you fulfill your purpose. What does that say? It says that the only way I'm going to be truly successful in life is to have Jesus as my author and make it my business to follow him. Can't get sidetracked. Can't allow anybody to to start instigating and I, I get involved in that. I've got to just stay on track. Can't get off the path. I got to keep following my, my Jesus. Woo, I said I got to keep following my Jesus. The author and the finisher, but notice of what? Our faith. Faith comes by and hearing the word of God. Every time he puts a word on the table, which he referred to in talking to the devil as food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every time he puts some food on the table, I've got to eat it. And not just hold it in my mouth, let it go down, sort of digest. Got to carry out what he told me to do. That's the only way you get the blessing according to James. James said, don't just be a hearer of the word and not a doer. Because you'll be fooling yourself. But if you hear and do the word, you'll be blessed in all of your deed. My author going to put it down and I'm going to receive it. Then I'm going to follow him. But it's not going to be at a slow pace. I'm going to run. You got folk trying to figure out what's going to happen with this COVID. You ain't, don't be trying to figure out that. Just get behind your off. And just follow him step by step. Because he's going to take care of everything. Matter of fact, he already taking care of everything. We got to trust him as our author. We got to trust that he is the one that's going to help us fulfill what he has ordained for us to do down here on earth. And then when all is said and done, we're going to do just like our Lord. He went to heaven and sat down. We're going to go to heaven and chill in our mansion. When all is said and done down here, when we finish our purpose, then we're going to chill in our mansion. Is that you? So back in 1 Corinthians 14 and 33, God is not the author, but notice of confusion. <laughs> God is not the author of confusion. And, and you, you have to really understand that because some folk won't follow God when it comes to certain things and you be like, do they thank God trying to mess them up? 
well, I know I need to go get the word, but uh, I don't know. It's just, so you think God going to mess you up? Well, I, I prayed and I ain't heard from God yet. And, and I wonder if I need to do. See, anytime you get to wondering about God, confusion is there. Let me just deal with confusion for a minute. I, I want to deal with confusion from, from two standpoints. I want to deal with it first from the archaic or primitive standpoint. Confusion from an archaic or primitive standpoint means a cause of defeat or ruin. If you are in confusion, expect defeat. Expect ruin. If God tells you you're healed, but then somebody else tells you different. Don't let that other person confuse you. Hold on to what God told you. Because if you allow that person, what that person told you, to get in your mind and then you get to wondering whether you should trust God or that person, that is confusion. And you will experience defeat or ruin. I can't get no plainer than that. If God said, Walker, I'm going to bless you. I don't care if I lose everything the next day. I'm waiting on my ship. As old folks say to come in. Because there's one thing all of us ought to know about God. It is impossible for him to lie. God has never lied to us. Everything he has said to us and we trusted him to do it. He showed up and showed out. How many of you can testify that everything God told you he was going to do for you and you stuck to his word that God fulfilled his promise? And you can quote 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 with certainty which says all of the promises of God in him are and a because I'm going to bless you with a car this week you go try to get the car first person you go to look we can't help you wonder if God told me to go you bringing confusion into your situation You're not going to get what God told you because confusion causes defeat or ruin. Let me step back. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I, I, I've been there. Look at a neighbor neighbor and say, I, I've been there. I'd be, I'd be done shouted about God telling me something in the church happened, ran around the church, but then I go out to, to get what God told me was mine, and then it didn't happen. And then I allow wonder to come to my mind. Whoo, I better step back again. I done did that. Anybody else done did it? Say to your neighbor, but, but that's history. 
for walk. I don't do that no more. You hear me? That's history. I done moved from back to forward. That's history. That needs to be your history. If it's not. If God tells you something and you praise him for doing or letting you know what he's going to do. Don't allow anything or anybody to cause you to enter into a state of confusion. If God told you it's well, I don't care if everything that can go wrong takes place the next within the next five minutes. If God said it's well, it is well. Don't allow confusion to come in because if confusion comes in, you're going to experience defeat or Second thing I want to put on the table in reference to confusion is that it means uncertainty about someone you should never be uncertain about. Be uncertain about walk. Be uncertain about your cousin. Be uncertain about your spouse that lied to you time and time again. Be uncertain about the weatherman. But don't be uncertain about God. See, we need to check ourselves because the weatherman will tell you something and, and you'll find out that he lied when he told you. But this is the thing about, about us. We know that the weatherman lied about what was going to happen Friday. But then we'll go back to the weatherman and trust him for a report for the next seven days. Why you bring that up? Because some of us trust the weatherman more than we trust God. You'll start preparing yourself based upon what a weatherman who has lied, lied to you time and time again told you. Well, let me get my umbrella and my, and my jacket. Yeah, last night the, uh, the weatherman said it was going to rain. I, I, I looked at it, so I'm going to just take my umbrella, take my jacket. Ain't a cloud in the sky, but you got your umbrella and your, your jacket because of what the weatherman told you. The one that I lied to you time and time and time and time again. But God can tell you something that seems impossible. The God that had never lied to you. The God that saved you when you couldn't save yourself. Pull you out when you couldn't pull yourself out. The God that you tell for. Hey, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like Jesus. He can tell you certain things and you will wonder whether or not it's going to happen. Tell you he's going to bless you with a car. And you'll start, well, I don't know about my credit. He didn't tell you. He didn't say nothing about your credit. He said he's going to bless you with something. So if, if the credit was, was an issue, he would have told you. Yeah. 
we got to check ourselves. We can't, we can't trust in a person that unlined to us before more than we trust in the omniscient God. That's confusing. You're saying you got a personal relationship with him, but yet you trust the weatherman more than him. That's confusing. What you're saying is filled with uncertainty. Whoo, let me step back. <laughs> I've been there. I, I've been there. I have been there. But I ain't there no more. I ain't there no more, break. Ain't there no more. Say to your neighbor, if you done been there, it just needs to be history now. You don't need to go there no more. How many understanding? God is not the author of? Because see, baggage comes with confusion. Let me prove it's scripture. Go with me to James 3. Y'all stay with me. Go with me to James 3. Lord have mercy. Sixteen. James 3. Sixteen. James said, For where envy? And self-seeking exists. Woo! Confusion and everything are there. If you confuse and deaf there, deaf gonna try to get you. Well, confusion is deaf will show up. All kind of evil stuff will just show. That's really if you know your, your cousin knows about confusion, cut your cousin off. You love your granny, but if granny always causing confusion, you, you need to visit granny, granny every now and then. And when you visit her, let it be a quick visit. He telling me not to go to my grandmama. I'm saying if your grandmama is about confusion, just make it a quick visit. See, if somebody come to my office and, and they're trying to bring up a whole lot of confusion and stuff, I'm going to ask them to leave. And if they say, well, I ain't, I ain't going to leave till I'm done, I say, hey, Mother Jackson, come in here with your six foot three inches. We got a problem. You understand what I'm saying? You don't want to be around confusion, whether confusion is coming from a thing or a person. If you're looking at a picture, you're listening to the news and it's causing you to get confused, change the channel. I got to hear this. Why do you want to hear a whole bunch of foolishness? Because what you hear can access your spirit. It can taint your emotions. Taint your mindset. Cause you to be unclean. 
she my sister though. I don't care if she is your sister. If she a bunch of if she about a whole bunch of foolishness, confusion, you don't need to hang with her. Whether it's your natural sister or your sister in the church. And if you got a sister in the church that, that's always causing confusion, expose her. How many understand? Notice again what was with confusion. Everything that's what? Evil. Lord have mercy. Let me tell you something else. Confusion can hinder or stop prosperity. Let me prove it in scripture. Let's go to Jeremiah. Let's go to the Old Testament. Book of Jeremiah. Chapter 20. You got to notice the word and carefully hear what Jeremiah reveals here in Jeremiah 20 and 11. Ready? Some of y'all still turn. If you ain't got Jeremiah yet, go break down, go to your table of contents and just come on in because I want you to see this. Jeremiah 20 11. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. That's point blank. Jeremiah says, I know God with me. So he's not confused about who is with him, is he? Should we be like that? Of course. Of course. You going through something in your mind, you, you should be, hey, he took strikes for me to be healed. He going to heal me. He going to heal me. And he know I ain't through my purpose, so he going to heal me on earth. Because sometimes he'll wait and let you just go dip into Crystal River when you get the glory. Right? But when your purpose is not fulfilled, you, you know, hey, he going to heal me here because he's not done with me yet. But see, you have to be convinced about that. If you're not convinced, you're wondering about it, that's confusion. That means you're going to experience ruin or defeat. Stay with me. Notice again. We're in Jeremiah 20 and 11. But the Lord is with me as a mighty awesome one. Isn't he awesome? Then he talks about his persecutors. Therefore my persecutors will stumble. Now, all this is going to happen because God with him and will not prevail. They will be greatly ashamed. But then he says, for they will not prosper. There, look at the statement therein, their everlasting confusion will never be forgotten. But notice the context of the text. What I want you to receive, they will not prosper. And the reason, because of their state. They are in everlasting confusion. See, if you're, if you're confused about the tithes, don't expect them wonders to open and a blessing come out and you ain't got no room to receive it. See, I, I don't have to wonder what I can do with, do with the, the little money that I put on the altar. 
I'm going to give God his money because I need them wonders to open up. Lord, I'm going to give you this $1,000 this morning. Why? Because I need them wonders to open up. This shows. Well, if I had a thousand, I was going to put down, I'd keep it in my pocket. That's because you don't understand the blessing of God. A thousand ain't where you got, you, you got room. You only thing you got is a thousand. God said he'll open up them windows and pour you out a blessing. You ain't going to have no room to put it. That's what I want. See, I, I give you a thousand dollars. You can take that thousand and be gone. It'll be gone just like that. You can do something with that thousand. But he's going to pour out some stuff to you where not only can you take care of your stuff, put some stuff away for you, you can be a blessing to four or five other folk. That's what I want. That's what I have. Is that what you want? Or is that what you have? You have it or you want it. One of the two. You can't be confused when it comes to the things of God. But Mr. Walker, it just don't look. No, it's good. It's good. You may not can see that it's good, but it is good. Because God told me it was good. Well, you're operating in confusion. No, I, I ain't confused about nothing. I'm operating in Romans 8 and 28. You in confusion because you basing all you see on a machine. Which a tear up and another person have to work on it. Nobody has to work on God because God never needs fixing. He always right. Some of y'all, you, you, you're looking real. You're looking like you ain't receiving this. How many know it's right? How many know it's lining up with the scripture? Say to your neighbor, what he's saying is right. Because it's in line with the scripture. Jeremiah said, I, I know God is with me. He didn't have no problem. He knew God was with him and knew God was going to take care of folk that were messing with him. And they would not prosper because of their state being a state of ever Lasting, help me, confusion. And you can get in confusion, don't think you can't. And, and, and notice we're talking about the author of confusion. You can get around folks that can cause you to be confused. And some folks, you know, they mean well because they don't know Jesus. They're not being led by the Holy Spirit. But you can't allow what they're saying to you Taint your spirit. Mess you up. Cause you to wonder about what God told you he was going to do. Say to your neighbor, no matter what I'm going through right now. Because I'm a child of God. It's going to work out for me. It's going to be well for me. See, that ain't for Walker. That's for every blood-washed, born-again, sanctified, holy, ghost-filled, praising, hallelujah, child of God. 
all things work together for the good to those who love God. You got to know that. You got to know that when you're going through trouble. You got to know that when everything that can go wrong is taking place. I was talking to somebody this week. They said, they said well, my taxes went up. Or our taxes went up. I said, yeah. I said, well, did they go up? I said, mine did too. But did you have to, you had to put out $15,000 on them? No. Well, I did. <laughs> but I'm sure glad about it. Because he blessed me with it. If he blessed you with property... He's going to turn around and bless you with the money to take care of the property taxes. Woo! Look at somebody and tell them, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. Let me write out this check. You got to have that mindset. You can't wonder about your God. You got to know that your God is going to do exactly what he promised. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always. But you can't be talking about, wonder if God with me. Wonder if God going to help me. God said if he, if he take care of the sparrow, he'll take care of me. Wonder if he meant that for me or just certain folk. You can't be wondering. That's confusion. That's confusion. Say, so you never, you don't need to be operating in confusion. I mean, understanding that this is very important. He is not the author of confusion. What is he the author of? Peace. 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 In one sense, peace means harmony. Oneness. We may not agree about certain colors, but one thing we need to always agree about is children of God. The written and revealed word. I know pastor said such and such, but that ain't what I'm feeling. You, you are the will of God. Because biblically, you're supposed to follow your pastor as your pastor follows Christ. Now, if preacher ain't doing according to the word, if he's not telling you according to the word, if God is not manifesting his will in the house, don't follow. Preach out of the will of God. But, but you're talking about you feel. No, you can't be feeling and God done connected you with somebody. We are supposed to be in harmony. See, I have to turn around and call you a devil. Peter, when Jesus told uh, the disciples that he was going to have to suffer and die in, in Matthew 16, Peter and pulled Jesus aside and said, hey, this ain't never going to happen. Jesus let 
all the disciples know that Peter was a devil. Because he didn't want the will of God to be done. He contradicted what Jesus was teaching. See, one thing you never want to go against is God's word. Talk about the preacher's short. That's what you want to do. But don't go against God's word. You know, I preach a ball head. Talk about a ball head, but don't go against God's word. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. Not one jot. Not tittle. And one thing I'm going to make it my business to do is seek him and put on the table what he wants you to have. There ain't going to be no play shelf. You know, some of y'all go buy the shelf suit. Cook a meal. The suit look real. You look authentic in the suit. But the meal don't say you a chef. I see the shelf clothes, but the meal ain't saying you know chef. So you need to take that suit off until you learn how to put it on the table right. I mean, understand what I'm saying. We ought to be one. Jesus said, by this will all men know that you are my disciples. How, Lord? That you have love one toward the other. Now, love Theologically and biblically speaking, represents obedience and unity. They gonna know you. You are my disciples because y'all on the same page. Amos said in Amos three and three, "Can two walk together except they be in agreement?" Then David said in, in the psalm, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together. How? In unity. How good and pleasant is harmony, is peace. Oh, we may argue, but we're going to let the word settle it. We may not agree on something, but, but we ain't, we ain't going to try to be selfish and try to say, well, I'm right now. We're going to let the word sell it. Whatever God say, that's it, because God has the final say. I ain't going to argue with you about no tithing. I'm just, I'm just going to show you what the Bible says. Let every man be a liar, but let God be true 
But then peace also represents prosperity. And not just normal prosperity when it comes to the church or saints of God, but divine prosperity. It's when God causes you to experience success without sorrow. But Proverbs 10 and 22 says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. And it's a wish of God for us to prosper, to be in prosperity. Third John 2, John revealed, beloved, a reference to the saints. I wish or pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul. So if I'm in peace, that means I'm prospering. And, and you know, you can, you can be prospering and you ain't got a dime in your pocket. Because prosperity can come to you in stages. God will allow you to be at peace or have prosperity in your mind before you ever get it in your pocket. But hold on because God is a God that causes wholeness. He'll give you peace in your mind. But don't think God going to cut short what he done ordained for you. It may start in your mind, but it's going to get in your pocket. Say your neighbor, Jesus makes you whole. He's not a God that does things halfway. We just don't need to allow confusion to come in and allow this dumpster what folk talk about to come in. No, you just stick to the word of God. Well, my daddy didn't have nothing, so that means that I ain't going to have But God said you was going to have nothing. How you going back to your daddy? That's confusion. Get your daddy out the equation who wasn't saved and, and didn't have nothing because he spent all he had on, on getting something to drink. But you, Put God in it. Keep your daddy what? Out of it. You got folk that believe stuff like that. Well, you know, my daddy had such and such. And they say it's hereditary. So I'm going to have such. A, I thought you done been born again. I thought you had been washed with the blood of Jesus. How in the world you done been washed with the blood of Jesus. But you're going to go back in your past and pick up what somebody else had and claim it as yours. You lay aside, wait, and I mean, understand this important, saints. And so we have to be to the point to where we understand that God is the author of peace. I want y'all to be one on one accord. Walker, you, you have to let them know, Walker, I don't want to just bless you. I want to bless everybody at the church, Walker. Walker, let them know that, 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 that what I'm doing for so-and-so, that, that's just a sign for them. That I ain't going to stop with her. Tell them I'm God. I ain't going to stop with her. I want all y'all to have it. 
Let, let brother so-and-so get up and testify today, Walk. Let him, let him tell everybody how he got healed and how God did this, that, and the other so they can see my sign. So they can know that what I did for him, I'll do it for them. God is no respecter of person. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We have to understand that. I mean, they do. All right. Let, let's look at a couple of scriptures in reference to peace, and I'm going to be done. Let's go to Psalm 29. Lord, have mercy. Lord, if ain't nobody else getting happy, I am. Keep making me happy. Psalm 29. This ought to get at least one hallelujah once we read this one right here. This is a powerful verse. Psalm 29 and 11. The Lord will give strength. Notice to who? His people. I'm so tired. I'm so weak. This should be your hallelujah. This should be your praise the Lord. The Lord will give strength to who? The Lord will give strength to who? The Lord will, notice this, bless his people. I'm going to bless y'all with what? Peace. I'm going to bless y'all to be on one accord. So, so, and so, and so, so, and so, who always debating, arguing with each other, they're going to be best friends. Only God can do something like that. And, and it's a blessing. Notice, peace is a blessing. From who? He's going to bless his people with peace, with prosperity. See, Adrian, you, don't, you don't never think that you ain't going to be successful just because your job don't pay you what you should be paid. Don't ever depend on one stream to take care of you. Your needs and your desire. Unless that one stream is God. I can't do that. My job only paid me. Yeah, but so the only blessing you're looking for is from your job. You are a narrow-minded person. God talks about blessing his people from Genesis to Revelation. Now, if he's doing all that blessing, I, I would have to be crazy not to want some of the blessings he's talking about from Genesis to Revelation. Who do you know that said give and he's going to give it to you and does it? God. He says give and I'll give to you. And then you got folk that, that's confused. Well, you know, I... I know I need the time, but I got some stuff coming up that I'm going to just hold on to. You are confused. 
Because if you got some stuff you need to take care of and you don't give God his stuff, that means you're making your situation worse. You are confused. You headed for defeat or ruin. You're going to be broke. You're going to turn into a bomb because you are operating in confusion. Give and it shall be what? Give it. How good? Hey, press. I'm going to give my people peace. I got to move on. But uh, if it be true, say this to somebody. Nobody gives like God. Ooh, y'all sounded like y'all really meant that. If, if, if you meant it, say it to one more person. Nobody. Nobody. Now, I don't know how you look at Psalm 29 and 11, the first and the latter clause, but I look at it as a promise. God will give his people what? Strength. That means if a sickness has made you weak, sickness got to go. Why? He going to give you strength. Did nobody get happy right here? I don't know if y'all was noticing that, but when I said it, you know, I did like, and when I did like that, I was looking right here, and I didn't see no hallelujah, no waving, and I got special friends here. I, I, so Chandler just gave me some nuts. I'm telling you, them, them nuts, them are the best nuts. I eat them every day, but, but she in the section. God, I hope this don't interfere with. But I got to tell the truth. God will give his people strength and peace. That's what Psalm 29 and 11 says. That's what's going to happen for me. That's what's going to happen for you. And sometimes when you're working like a 14-hour day, when you, hit that, when you hit that 10 and you know you got four hours to go, you have to say, Lord... That electrolyte water ain't working no more, Lord. That protein boy is not fulfilling my need. Can't quit, Lord. I got too much to do. You're going to have to send me some strength. And say to your neighbor, he'll send you some strength. And say to another neighbor, he'll send you strength. Because can't nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. I'm going to tell you something. When I, get, when, when I get to going through something in my body, the first thing I do is, Lord, I need some strength. I need this sickness to go. I need this thing that's attacking my body to go. I don't need to patch it. Because the patch will cause some other, some more side effects. So I ain't going to take nothing that's going to patch it. I need you to do what you died for. 
You died so I could be healed. You died so I could be delivered. You died so I could have strength. He will give his people peace. Say to your neighbor, if you follow God, you can't stay poor. You're going to prosper in every aspect of your life. Lord have mercy. I'm getting happy. Last scripture. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 26. I'm going to close with this. God is the author of peace. He's the peacemaker. Isaiah 26. I hope I didn't offend anybody in my middle section. Y'all know I love y'all. I do. I love y'all. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Yeah, I am. I mean, it could be y'all shop. Y'all look good. And it could have been the, I'm so cute today to wear. I don't know. But anyway, Isaiah 26. Verse 3. Now, now look at this, what Isaiah said. Isaiah is not operating in confusion. This, this is very powerful. He owning this scripture. And we need to own it. Because notice what he says to God. You will keep him in perfect peace. And that's what he's saying to God. Whose mind is stayed on you, you're going to keep him in perfect peace because his mind on you. See, see, our life needs to be to the point to where everything we do, we, we're thinking about God. You never need to allow anybody to have the final say in your life, save God. If in your mind the final say is what your doctor said, you're not giving God glory. You can never be to the point to where the, the thing that you're most focused on is what a person other than God has told you unless that person is speaking on behalf of God. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you. Lord, they said I ain't going to make it, but I am going to make it. Because you told me I was going to make it. Lord, they said it ain't going to work out, but it is going to work out. Because you told me that it was going to work out. But then he goes on to say this right here. Still in Isaiah 26 and 3. He says, because he trusts in you. And I'm not going to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, but when you really trust God, you don't lean to your own understanding. Because you know your limit. So, so when God tells you you're here, don't be trying to figure out this, that, and the other. Don't be trying, don't be trying to dot God's T's in his eyes, because you can't do that. When God tells you a thing, just, just when you know God's voice, and Jesus said we should know his voice. Right? In the book of John, he said, my sheep know my 
and a stranger they will not what? Follow. That means you, you ain't going to be listening to everybody and taking everybody's word for it. And that's some of our problem. That's what some of our problem used to be. We were listening to too many folk. But some of us ain't got mature to the point to, well, you know what? I'm just going to do what God tell me to do. Whether he tell me to do something directly or indirectly. And whatever he tell me to do is not going to be in contrast to his written and revealed will. He'll keep you in perfect peace because your mind on it. And when you work, your mind need to be on the Lord. Now, you need to still work. You can't be the, uh, the hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. And you're supposed to be typing out a report. You can type out that report and your mind still be on the law. I do it all the time. I'm cutting grass, but my mind is on the law. Right? That's, that's what he, I mean, you just got to, you know, you're conscious of God at all times. Amen? But isn't he our peace? I'm going to stop right there. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.